I'm Kimberly C. Paul. Today we talk with Henry Fresco Weiss. He's a licensed social worker with many years working in hospice care. He created a new way to support patients and families through end of life, known as death doulas. How do we become the architect of our own destiny? Throughout two decades of working with the dying, I think I've discovered the secrets to dying well in America. We must learn to build the pathways to our last chapter, to create the blueprints that reflects our individual lives and values. Knowledge is power, and if we desire a death that reflects our life, we must become the designer. Well, Henry, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Thank you for having me. So you started a death doula program at a hospice in 2003. Talk about Pioneer. That's like, I'm just now in the last year hearing about death doulas. But let's start from the beginning. What is a death doula? And what made you create a program like this? So a death doula is someone who guides and companions a dying person and their family through the end stage of an illness. It might cover a number of months uh, of time. But we work with people before they get to a point where they are actively dying, through the time they're actively dying, and then even afterwards we work with family. What led me to this was that in 2003, I was working as a field social worker for a large hospice in New York City, and I kept encountering with the people I was working with as a social worker what I considered it to be unfortunate deaths, deaths that shouldn't have occurred the way they did. People ending up in the hospital when they really wanted to die at home, loved ones missing the last breaths of someone they really had wanted to be there for because somebody didn't wake them, they didn't recognize the signs and were out of the room. And I, I just felt there was a need for us to do something different with the way we approach death and dying, even in hospice. Well, I've been in hospice for about 18 years, reading and researching your International End-of-Life Doula Association. I tend to agree with you that sometimes families need more than just what hospice is able to provide. And when I was reading a lot about the death doulas, and it was really interesting. So tell me why the title, The Death Doula? The reason I used that phrase or that term, either end-of-life doula or death doula, is because when I was first encountering this issue, this kind of gap in hospice services, which is, is just there because of the logistics and the structure that hospices have to work under, I had a friend of mine who was learning to be a birth doula. I'd never heard the word before. I didn't know anything about birth doulas. But when she started to tell me about what she was learning and what she did as she helped women in labor, I thought, oh my God, this is exactly what we need to be doing at the end of life. And so I started researching and looking for people doing that work. I could not find anyone doing it. So I talked to more people. I took a birth doula training myself so I would learn exactly what they knew. And then I went to the CEO of my organization and said, I think this is something that will make a big difference that we really ought to try. And, and she said, go ahead. So it was because we were taking something from the birth doula environment and world. And in the very beginning, that was our main focus was to adapt and translate what birth doulas did into end of life, that I really felt I had to hold on to that term doula and use 
death doula or end of life doula to distinguish it from birth doula, but to honor the roots of where this came from. What are some of the things that they do when they're with a dying individual or their families? So our model uh, really works in three different phases of uh, engagement with a dying person and family. The, the beginning of it is to look at working on meaning, helping the person who's dying and at times as well, the family in combination with them, to explore the meaning of this person's life. What have they learned? You know, what did they come to believe or hold important in their life? What were the meaningful events? What are the things that didn't go well that they learned from? And what did they want to pass on to the people who will survive them after they die? And that focus on meaning, and I can talk a great deal about that in terms of developmental psychology, I think it's quite important to honor the fact that all of us as we face death automatically and I think um, internally need to look back over our lives. And this is a more structured kind of approach to that. Once we've worked with meaning, we can then talk about legacy and how do we capture the things that are important from this person's life that we can preserve in some artifact that gets left with family that helps them to keep engaging with this person's life and the meaning of that life for them and keeps informing future generations of that family. So that's the early work we do and then we move into planning and trying to determine what are the last days going to look like and feel like um, and sound like so that the person has the kind of dying experience that would really fit them and be right for them and be what they might consider their good death, quote-unquote. And then finally, the doula's work with family after a death, they will come back and reprocess that whole dying experience to help reduce some of the negative emotional content that gets stuck with particular things that people experience, help them re-experience and remember some of the more beautiful, sacred, and meaningful moments, and then understand what they need to do to heal well in their grieving. Well, just to clarify for a minute, you know, you have hospice background, I have a hospice background, but to have a death doula, you don't have to be in hospice, correct? Correct. So tell me, what is the training to become a death doula? What does that entail? We have a training that's a, a multi-day. It's, it's, it's a roughly 22-hour training. And, and, and in fact, it's going to kind of expand a little bit as we move into next year. But it's a 22-hour training. It's very intense. We do it over weekends usually. So we start on Friday and go all day Saturday, all day Sunday. There's a lot of experiential work. There's an opportunity for people to explore their own orientation to, to death and dying for themselves and loved ones because they'll carry those beliefs and those ideas, even if they're semi-conscious, into their work as doulas, and we need to take a look at that. They will learn how to do guided visualization, how to design and and help families with rituals. They'll learn about touch and holding, which comes directly out of birth doula work. They'll learn how to be good, deep, active listeners. They will also 
look at how they support families and the dying person, for that matter, emotionally and spiritually through this process. So it's it's a very intense, grounded training that is both experiential and also somewhat didactic. So tell me a little bit about the background of people that you see coming to your training classes. I thought about this a lot, I, and, I, and I do get asked this question by many people. And so I, I look at it not so much from what the background of the person is, but from what's in their heart. Everybody, I think universally, who comes to do this work and learn has a feeling that this is a calling to them, that for some reason, when they understand what a doula is, it just resonates and they say, ah, that's that's what I really want to do. I want to be able to serve people who are dying and their families in this way. It speaks to me. And it's that which brings people into this work. It's that heart of service, uh, that feeling that it's a calling. Because we have people from all kinds of backgrounds. We have, we have doctors who've become doulas. We have nurses, social workers, chaplains, but we also have engineers and accountants um, and uh, college students and just any walk of life. Um, some people do have uh, an orientation to um, body work or energy work. But it really does span the whole spectrum of things that people may be doing in their lives. Well, there is a cost to this training. Tell us a little bit about that cost. And sort of, you're talking about certification as a death doula. What does that mean? So one of the reasons we created Inelda was because I recognized that there was this growing phenomenon of people starting to move in this direction and call themselves doulas. And yet there was no standard sort of educational approach or regulatory or licensing body. So I really felt that it was important to establish a, a professional level training so that when people went out into the world and said that they were end-of-life doulas or death doulas, people could ask what their training was, are they certified, and people could trust that they had the right knowledge and the right experience to be doing this work. So we decided that we wanted to create that kind of professional level certification process. It starts with the training and everybody who goes through certification must go through the training. And then there's um, a process of getting a certain number of hours, a certain number of cases that they have to serve on. They need um, to write. There's a, a number of different things they need to write in order to demonstrate what kinds of exchanges and interaction they have with dying person and family. There are evaluations that are required from family as well as from any other professionals or experienced doulas who might be involved in the case. Uh, there's an application process which does have a, a couple of essays in it. There are letters of reference. There's a code of ethics and a scope of practice that they must sign off on and say that they will practice under those rules and ideas about how to present themselves and how to operate professionally. And once all of that is done, we will send them back a report indicating areas in which they can continue to improve, things they need to maybe look into and learn more about. 
And then there is an essay exam at the end of the process to be certified. Is this a yearly certification that you need credit hours to maintain? Or once you're done with the certification, you're just deemed a death doulist? No, uh, there, there really are going to be two levels of certification. What I described to you is the basic level of being certified as an end-of-life doula. There will be an advanced certification that people can also acquire, which is a more in-depth work on skills and development of knowledge related to end-of-life doula work. And then people will need to recertify every three years and show that they are continuing to practice in the field and to do the work and maintaining, you know, appropriate relationships with people who are dying and families. There will be evaluations again. So, people need to recertify and there will be continuing education credits that they need to demonstrate at that point too. So, to learn more about this education and the certification, where do people need to go? So they should go to our website, which is in the International End of Life Doula Association, and the the address, the URL is inelda, I-N-E-L-D-A, dot org. And that will bring them to information on our trainings, our certifications. And there's another part of this that we haven't really touched, which is... Inelda goes into hospices, hospitals, assisted living facilities, even communities to help them develop their own end-of-life doula program. We help them with the structure and the logistics that they need to put in place, how they communicate, how they schedule vigils, and we will come in and train their volunteer doulas so that they have the proper training to be able to do that work. So we really help organizations create doula programs based on our model. And that's a very important part of our work, too. We're not just teaching individuals publicly, although I think that's quite important, and I see a big movement in that direction. We really are there to help organizations, and we're working with a number of hospices and hospitals to bring this program to their institution. So this started this movement back in 2003, but recently... I've started reading more about death doulas. You're starting to get a little bit of a momentum going. Why do you think that is? You know, I think it's part of a, an awareness and a consciousness around death that is starting to seep into our society. We've been so death phobic for so long. But, you know, there have been death cafes that have started up, the conversation that has begun. So there's a lot more awareness and exposure to dealing with and facing uh, death and dying. Some of it is has to do also, I think, with the medical system and some of the changes that have occurred in healthcare that I think have also pushed us closer to really having a a deeper engagement with this idea that we all die. And so I think that that's part of it. And there have been quite a few articles about end-of-life doulas. We were covered in the New York Times back in 2006. We had an article in the San Francisco Chronicle a few months ago, Washington Post. So the media is starting to also become aware of this and then make other people aware of what's happening. 
how do you think a death doula program can complement a volunteer program within a hospice organization? The normal volunteer program in a hospice is about being a friendly visitor. It's a wonderful thing, and I don't want to uh, suggest that there's anything lacking in that. I just think that what the doulas do is a much deeper kind of engagement, working with a dying person and family around meaning and legacy and and planning for the last days, and then being part of the vigil around the clock in helping to hold the space for the kind of plan this dying person and family had created, helping support them, helping them understand the signs and symptoms of active dying as well as imminent death, helping them be prepared for what's coming next, and really taking care of them through the process, guiding and and walking alongside them. I think what makes the doulas so unique is that they walk alongside the dying person and the family through this entire process of dying. And that makes it so different. They are participants as well as outside observers and witnesses. And it's a very different kind of experience. So over the years, I'm sure you have seen and been a part of many dying experiences, whether it's hospice patients or through, you know, you being a death doula, how do you want to face your own end of life? So for me, on a personal level, I think what is important to me is I want to be as conscious as I possibly can. There's choices that I would make around medication that maybe other people would not because I want to make sure that I'm as conscious as I go through this process as possible. I want to make sure that I am surrounded by the things that I love and the people I love, of course. Uh, I I happen to be fortunate enough to live in the country and I have uh, a deck that runs all around my house, including a huge oak tree that grows right up through the deck. And I want to be outside as much as possible. I would like to die outside if I can. I want people to honor my Buddhist beliefs and my meditative approach to life. And I would like people to meditate with me as I'm going through my dying process. I would like people to take care of my family. That's very important to me. In fact, I think... A lot of what I would like is more that my family is taken care of and that they take care of themselves in this process. And there's things I could talk about in terms of music and, and reading and the space and how I want things set up, but that might get too complicated. So conscious, conscious, and outside. Those are my, and, and take care of my family. It's over 10 years and you're getting some very innovative ways of dealing with the dying process. And I just applaud you at creating this agency, the International End of Life Doula Association. And I encourage anyone who's listening, if you are a hospice organization and you want to bring this program, get in touch with Henry. Also, if you want to learn what this is about, go to their website. And Henry, what is that website one more time? It's Inelda, I-N-E-L-D-A dot org. And uh, Kimberly, if you don't mind, I'm going to make a plug for my for a book of mine that's coming out. Please, please, yeah. absolutely. So in March of 2017, I have a book coming out, which is called Caring for the Dying, The Doula Approach to a Meaningful Death. Wow. Please look, please look for that. I think, you know, it's filled with a lot of stories and a very thorough and organized approach 
to how to deal with end of life. I will absolutely look for that book and look forward to uh, shipping it to you for a little signature on that book for me. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. It'd be my pleasure. I think what you and your crew at the International End of Life Doula Association is doing is you're radically changing how people face end of life. And I think that's what we're trying to do here with the designer, trying to give everybody the information they need to empower them to make their own decisions. Henry, thank you and your entire staff for everything you're doing to help change how people face end of life. Thank you so much. And thank you for, you know, being able to put this out there and and help people to learn more about this. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer.